Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Hey, just a quick reminder, if you want to get your hands on some Hey Bartender podcast merchandise, head over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and you can uh, find some blogs on past podcasts. You can find t-shirts that show some bartender pride. You can find some uh, other cool stuff. So head over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and get your stuff today. Well, not right now because the show's about to start. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. How are y'all doing tonight? Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Uh, let's, you know, get some business started. First thing we got to do is talk about tonight's drink special. You know, the funny thing about I do a drink special on the beginning of every one of these shows. I have always tried to bring you guys something new, something neat, something you might not have heard of. But you know what? When I was a bartender... I was really bad about writing on the board what the drink special was that night. I mean, the beer special was usually a week-long special. That was always never a big deal. But there's a gag that I used to play that not all of my customers like. But if you're a bartender out there and you have this opportunity to say this sort of thing, I totally suggest you do it. Because if you forget to put the drink special up, somebody's going to walk up and say, Hey, what's the drink special? And, you know... Uh, if you say something, uh, exotic, they'll just ask for a screwdriver, but that's just how people are. I mean, I mean, it's the old thing. They, they say, Hey, what beers do you have on tap? And you name all 15 to 30 beers and they ask for a damn Coors Light. Yay. But, uh, when you forget to put your drink special up, uh, they, they say, Hey, what's the drink special tonight? And you look over and you realize, Oh crap. I forgot to put the drink special up. Uh, what do you want it to be? And then they start to stay well, whatever drink that pops into their head. And they say, how about, a, and I say, no. And, you know, we all, uh, I have a laugh at least. They kind of take it a little seriously. Because I know they're about to la- ask for a Long Island iced tea. They want a cheap Long Island so they can get drunk fast and, uh, you know, have a, and because you know, the only way to have a good time is to get drunk. According to some of these teenagers out there, that's right, you Donnie and Marie, Donnie and Marie listeners. Whoa, that dated it back a little bit too far. How about new kids on the block? Okay, but since I'm on the ball nowadays, I don't bartend nearly as often, and I'm bringing this information to you guys, the listener. I'm going to tell you tonight about the tropical depression. What? Something depressing in a bar? No. Well, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you about it anyway. Okay, the Tropical Depression is two ounces of vodka, two ounces of gin, two ounces of rum, one ounce blue Caraco, one splash of grenadine, a splash of lime juice, and four to five ounces of Sprite. So, you know, drop that into a big old pounder glass full of ice 
And you know what? Looking at the picture, I'll post the picture of this up on the social media pages later, like Facebook, you know, Hey Bartender Podcast on Facebook, or Instagram, Hey Bartender PO1. Um, Tropical Depression is probably one of those drinks that looks really, really cool under a black light. So if you're a bar that has a black light, uh, you know, you probably serve the shit out of those things just because they look cool. And looking cool is what you want your drinks to do because it's all about presentation, you know, it, and, uh, I mean, it, if you saw a car completely beat to hell and saw a car that had a nice shine to it, would you want to buy the beat to hell car? Well, some of you probably uh, might want to do that because you're into restoring cars and such, but most people would go for the car that looks really cool. Same thing with your drinks. I mean, it's and when you realize that you have that you're you have a really cool looking drink, servers, pay attention to this. If you realize that you're about to serve a really cool looking drink, walk it around the bar, show everybody, and then that will probably most likely make people sit back and think, you know what, that looks really good. I want one of those, and then you'll sell even more. And a drink like uh, the Tropical Depression, like I just told you, that much alcohol, that's sure to be a 750 you know, that's about, so, you know, probably worth about $7.50 uh, worth of drink. If you're in a adult bar or, or a uh, strip club or something like that, 15 bucks, easy. But it all depends on who's running the bar and who's making up the prices and the taxes in that state and whatnot. Oh, but, you know, it's got that blue look to it and that blue fluorescent look to it. And that always looks cool under a black light. Let's face it. Well, you know, what doesn't look good under a black light? I mean, you throw a couple black lights in your bar, things start to look kind of groovy, man. I've been into a couple of those bars with the black light pool tables and I thought, wow, this is really cool. It's kind of like playing pool on Star Trek. But nonetheless, that's beyond the point now. So go out, try the Tropical Depression. If you try it out and you decide that you like it or just want to tell me about it, email me, heybartenderpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of that drink. And I'll talk about it online so other people can think about trying it themselves. Oh, but tonight, oh, it's a slow night in the bar. You know, I'm not doing a whole lot. Just kind of sitting here. Started out kind of uh, kind of busy. I mean, everybody came in for dinner. Not a lot of people. You know, and well, I'm pretending that I'm working at a bar right now to get everybody in the mood. And you know, so can some of you people relate to those nights where absolutely nothing was going on? I mean, zero. And you're not making any money. And so you just kind of bop around the bar, try to decide what to do. And I remember uh, one of my early days uh, of bartending. Uh, I didn't have a lot of customers because a lot of the customers got upset that the, the previous bartenders had gotten uh, fired. And for good reason, because they were doing illegal stuff behind the bar and so, and plus a lot of people didn't know me. And so they don't want to go to a bar where they don't know who the bartender is because the bartender, you're everybody's friend. 
you're, you get along, you're supposed to get along with everybody. You're supposed to know their drink. You're supposed to, you know, be able to joke around with them, talk about anything. They don't know me. And so they weren't all that excited to try to get to know me. Sure. I can understand that at first, but my early days of bartending, uh, I did not have a lot of customers just because a lot of people were scared off. And so they, other people were just trying to, they were branching out a little bit, seeing it, what else is out there outside the world of the bar that they are familiar with just to check out the scene. Okay, cool. So I ended up listening to uh, the karaoke. I remember being incredibly dead one night and I was just sitting there listening to the karaoke DJ just play random music, you know, pretty much whatever she wanted. I hadn't become friends with her just yet. And so she wasn't really talking to me and, uh, Oh, got a message. Uh, who cares what that is? But, uh, you know, I had been standing all day long cause I wasn't supposed to work that night. Uh, but the server that was supposed to be bartending that night, she, it was supposed to be a promotion for her, but uh, she was supposed to work that night, but she couldn't for whatever reason. And she, uh, she said, well, why don't you call in the new guy? And they're like, the new guy is already here. He's been here since 10. And she said, well, I really can't come in this. Well, we'll ask him. So they came up to me and said, Hey, can you work the rest of the night? And I said, well, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? And after being on my feet for over 12 hours and truthfully at the time, my look, now, bear with me, people. It was 1999. I was wearing combat boots, jeans, and, uh, well, I was wearing my uniform t-shirt. The bar that I worked at, they insisted that we wear, uh, you know, tropical shirts. You know, not exactly Magnum P.I., but, you know, it didn't make us feel cool either. But we, I've been standing around for over 12 hours by this point, listening to whatever the DJ was playing uh, because there was nobody there to do karaoke either. And I, you know, had already wiped down the bar two dozen times. I had already wiped down the tables two dozen times. I'd even gone to the extent of washing every single glass in the place. You know, even, you know, all the glassware that I don't even use very often and throw them, throw them through the dishwasher and then hang them up again. And it it was just a really boring night because I was unfamiliar to people. For you people that have never been a bartender before and are thinking about becoming a bartender, remember that might happen. You don't automatically get the customers that uh, were there before you got there. Some of them get scared away really easy. It's like, ah, somebody new run. And you know, it's not your fault. You know, it's just people are used to what they're used to. especially in the bar scene. I mean, it's just a sea of people that are just want everything to be the same, no matter what. Whenever they come in there, they want the same drink. Whenever they come in there, they want the same burger. And But to change up your server, that's when it really freaks them out. So there will be a small period of time when you're brand new. When you're, I mean, 
you just started bartending. I mean, you've never bartended anywhere before. You don't have a clientele. Nobody following you anywhere. That's just the way it is. You're just going to sit there. I remember even getting to bored to the point where I jumped up on top of the bar, sat down because my feet were killing me, and watching that cartoon show on Comedy Central, The Critic. And because I... You know, it's just like, might as well watch TV. And uh, one of the, the karaoke DJ's uh, helper who ends up being uh, ends up being the cook at another bar that I worked at later on, he even joked around with me walking by going, it stinks, which was the catchphrase of that show. And I knew I was going to be there until, oh, say, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. And I is just, I can't, there's nothing I can do. I am supremely bored. And, you know, the DJ's doing her thing. I can't play music on the jukebox. I don't have much tips to really speak of because the dinner rush wasn't that big. So, you know, what else can you do? You've already cleaned everything to, you know, all the glassware. You've cleaned the cabinets. You've cleaned the shelves where the bottles sit and you know what else can you do so you just end up watching tv now that's when you're bartending in the beginning now uh there was a period of time uh between that my first bar and the last bar i worked at where i had to work at probably the worst bar I've ever worked at in my life. See, the um, the bar doesn't exist anymore. I'm still not going to say their name. Uh, the uh, But it was in the middle of a town that didn't have a whole lot. And in a, in on a part of road where you'd think, ooh, there's a restaurant. Damn it, I missed the turnoff. And, but that wasn't it. See, I guess before I showed up there, like uh, a couple months before I showed up there, the place was hopping. I guess they had just, the place was packed and, uh, you know, in the morning, they opened at seven o'clock and the night shift people would come in, drink, play video poker, and uh, then lunch, uh, lunch people would come in. And then the night people would come in and I guess they would serve people on, uh, on their lips, just bam, you know, you want you, this, this is your seventh Long Island iced tea. Are you sure you don't want eight? Cause it's one of those situations where the bartender sits back and, you know, if the bartenders question, why are why did you serve this guy so much? Hey, he was tipping me really good. I couldn't say no. Uh, how many bartenders out there uh, have been faced with that problem? Raise your hand right now. Okay, put your hand down because I can't see him anyway. But the whole thing, they were over-serving everybody at that bar. And finally, the Liquor Control Commission got involved and you know allowed them to keep their liquor license, but said no more multi-liquor drinks. And if you do serve... Hard alcohol. All you can uh, all you can serve is a liquor and a mixer. 
no multi liquor drinks, and no shots. And so that scared away a lot of business because the cops would sit across the street at the gas station and wait for people to leave the bar. And I guess they, at one point they even had a designated drunk uh, to distract the police officers. And what the designated drunk's job is, is to stay sober all night, you know, just drink water, juice, soda, coffee, whatever. And uh, as soon as everybody decides they want to leave, the designated drunk walks outside, maybe stumbles a little bit, walks over to the wrong car, drops their keys on the ground, takes a deep breath, finally unlocks their car, sits there for a minute or two, and then drives off. The police think, we got him. Go after him. And then when the police are gone and pull that person over, thinking that it's a drunk driver, everybody else says, okay, the police are gone. Let's get out of here. And I guess it worked. You know, nothing against the police force or anything like that. You know, they're uh, they're there when we need them. Uh, they also ruin a lot of fun, but, you know, sometimes fun needs to be policed a little bit. But uh, the business dropped down at that bar dramatically uh, because the Liquor Control Commission and the police were watching that bar 24-7. And so when you got the police just haunting your bar, what do you do? I mean, you can't, your customers don't feel comfortable being in there anymore. So you might as well just count the days until the bar closes because the police are, uh, they just decide we're just going to sit here and wait because you're going to send somebody out that's uh, overly served eventually. And so a lot of their customers moved on. When the their bartenders decided that, okay, we're not making any money here, uh, we're moving on, they gave a friend of mine a call up and said, listen, we need a bartender, can you help? She said, no, but I do have a friend that can help. So just, uh, I'll send him. And they hired me. And I was just happy because I needed a job really bad that at that point in time. And at first they gave me the day shift. Now I thought day shift was going to be murder. I was like, wait a minute. You know, how many people hang out in a bar at seven in the morning? And they said, you know, no, you know, don't worry about it because a lot of people that get off the night shift, they show up here and that poker room will be full. Don't worry about it. And I thought, well, okay. And I show up there at seven o'clock and I'm still trying to get used to the whole idea. Cause I used to, I used to go to sleep at six and now I've got a, a 6 AM and now I got to make sure I'm awake by seven. I don't care what anybody says out there. It is tougher than hell to transfer your body from working the night shift to the day shift. It's not just drink a cup of coffee, stay up all day one, one day, and then you'll boom right into it. No, it takes a couple weeks to get situated to that sort of thing. And I show up there my first day and uh, this guy walks up to the bar, asks for a rum and coke. I told you this story before. And I asked him, did you just get off the night shift? And he goes, oh, no, I'm a truck driver. So, you know, I, I drive a little bit better when I have a couple drinks in me. And I was like, oh, okay. 
uh, I'll just try to make sure that I'm off your route this week. Not that I really knew what his route was, but, you know, just be aware. There, there are people out there that think that they can do ultimately do things better when they're under the influence of something. I mean, uh, well, you know, if you think about it, some of the Olympiads, when they're under the influence of steroids or uh, something, you know, steroids or methamphetamine, sure, they can uh, run track. But, you know, marijuana, I wouldn't say that's a performance-enhancing drug. Nah, definitely not. But, you know, I eventually worked my way into the night shift because finally the night shift uh, bartender left. And I, I quickly took over his shift just because I couldn't stand the mornings. I didn't like waking up that early. And there was no money to be made in the morning. Sure, I'd get one or two customers coming in and, you know, have a rum and coke before they go to work. And, but I would be watching TV and having breakfast sitting at the bar while nobody else was there. And that was, that was really hard on me. I mean, I wasn't making any money. And, you know, truthfully, luckily at the time, I was living with my family and all I had was my car payment, but still just the car payment. I was having a hard time getting by because I was only making minimum wage. Now, usually when people have a minimum or when I realize that I'm sitting around doing nothing and getting paid for it, I make a joke saying, Hey, I'm living the American dream. I'm getting paid to do jack shit right now. But when you're getting paid minimum wage, uh, you want to be doing something because Jack, you know, doing Jack shit for pennies is not enough. You will not get by on minimum wage, at least back in those days when I, I, I haven't had a minimum wage job in a really long time. And I feel sorry for anybody who does. Um, but you know, I, I was just sitting there and, you know, I was watching reruns of Magnum PI and turning on the movie channels and or or the midday movie channels like TBS or something like that. And uh, there was one day where I had like three customers in there and we were all watching. Uh, oh, God, what was the name of that movie? Um, Duel. Duel. It was the name of the movie. It's uh, that Steven Spielberg movie where this guy is getting being chased uh, being chased around by a semi truck, and you never get to see the driver of the semi truck. But uh, we had like an hour long discussion and trivia about that movie because, well, mostly it started because we couldn't remember the actor's name in that movie. It was Dennis Weaver. But, you know, that's the most interesting day that I had in that bar. And when I moved to the night shift, I was hoping for a little bit of light at the tunnel, but it never got better. I had the same, like, five customers every night. And, you know, one guy had a long white beard, always drank hams. And, uh, you know, it. it's, well, actually been a little bit too long, so I can't really remember right now. But uh, they... I'd have five customers. They'd maybe hang out for hour, two hours tops, and then they'd leave. 
And then I'd be stuck there by myself from about eight o'clock and closing was, uh, two, two o'clock. But there were nights where I, by 11 o'clock, I was beating my head against the bar going, what the hell am I doing here? And I, you know, I did the same thing. I cleaned every single glass that was on the bar. I wiped down every surface. I wiped down all the poker machines. I counted my till like twice. And, you know, it, it was just, you know, horrible. Because there's nothing to do. And that's probably when it came to the issue where I started gambling on my shift. Now... Don't do that. Uh, gambling, where uh, doing any sort of gambling while on shift is actually illegal. But, you know, I was sitting there in a bar. The only company I had was Com- Comedy Central. And so I figured, oh, I'll play a couple games of Keno. No big deal. And yes, yes, I lost every single game of Keno. So whatever tips I made, like the 20 bucks, you know, that I had... That all went to the state, uh, but, uh, you know, it is a boring night when you realize I have time. I can call somebody, you know, you take out your cell phone, you, you use the bar phone maybe, and you just, you know, call to the other bar. So what are the busy bars doing? You know, just, I'm really bored right now. And some of my friends felt sorry for me that we'll try to come out and visit you, but the bar I was working at was way out of the way. And uh, so the odds of them coming out to visit me were really slim. But like I said, I tried to keep that mentality as at least I'm making some money because I, you know, at least I'm making minimum wage right now. But yeah, at that one particular bar, uh, even making minimum wage was ridiculous. Because all I was doing was sitting at the bar, dying for somebody to come in. And I never got any customers. And finally, one night, I just had enough. I called up uh, the assistant manager, who was the cook at another restaurant that the same manager owned. And I said, listen, it's 11 o'clock. I haven't had a customer for four hours. Can I close early? And he said, you know what? Yeah, lock up, go home. It, I, It's ridiculous. And so I locked up early, showed up over uh, my friend's bar to visit them. Uh, it was a good surprise for them because they hadn't seen me in a while. But it came down to where I was like, I've got to get out of that bar. I'd worked there for like two or three months. But I was like, I've got to get out of there. There is no money to be made there. And when you realize that, it's, you know, whenever, like any job, this goes with any job. Uh, when you realize that you are in a hole, you're not going anywhere. There's no chance of making any money. Start to make a plan. Don't just quit. Don't threaten. Just Go all of a sudden start working on your resume or start looking through the want ads. Don't just up and quit and then uh, go looking for another job because nine times out of 10, that's going to backfire on your ass. But 
I talked to a, well, a couple friends of mine. I said, I really need out of this bar. Please say there's an opening at your bar. And they said, uh, my, my friend said, well, let me talk to the manager and we'll see about it. Uh, we'll see about getting you over here. And I said, awesome. And, uh, it was like two or three weeks later, uh, I was working at the new bar and it, you know, this bar, I was back in the original town where I first started bartending at. So a lot of people recognized me and, you know, friends started visiting me again. It was nice. And true. Yes. I had to start back as a server, but still I'm making money. And eventually I got myself a couple bar shifts. Uh, at the same time though, I got myself, uh, another job, uh, what my friends referred to as a real job and was, you know, that had medical benefits and whatnot and, uh, decided to bartend one day a week. My, the manager at the time of that particular bar was generous enough to let me bartend once a week. It just for the extra, uh, extra cash, you know, I mean, it was, uh, that made things, uh, really easy for me bill wise. And when there in, uh, the bar usually always had customers in it. I very rarely had a dead, dead, dead night like I did at the previous bar. Although there was one insanely dead night that I had. Uh, but since I had a few friends in town, I gave him a call, said, Hey, what are you doing? Can you come out and keep me company for, you know, cause I'm bored. Uh, it was presidential election that year. Uh, uh, it was when the first term that George W took, uh, took office and nobody was in the bar past eight o'clock. Everybody, uh, came in they had a couple drinks after their shift at work, maybe had a little bit of dinner. Then everybody went home to watch the election results. And I was just sitting there going, you know, uh, I guess I could have put the election results on the TV, but you don't talk about politics in, in a bar. That's a big rule. Politics and religion. Don't talk about any of that stuff because everybody's got a different opinion and it always starts fights. The, uh, when I realized how dead it was, I had two servers on the floor and I sent one of them home early because I figured I could handle the bar because I usually had one server in the bar and one server in the dining room. This is a small place. And I sent one, uh, the dining room server home early just because, uh, if I didn't, none of us would make money. Uh, so she took, uh, Thank you, uh, but uh, she took the she took the hit that night. I think she wanted to go home anyway. But I sent her home and had my bar waitress ha- uh, handle the dining room while I took care of the whole bar. And the dinner rush was okay, only okay. But as soon as the dinner rush was over, uh, it was like eight o'clock. Usually, I sent them home about ten, and. I just looked around the bar and I said, you know what? I can handle this. Go home. And she, she was grateful. She got to go home, go see her boyfriend. And, uh, 
so it i there i was and i i'm sitting there going okay now what do i do and so i went back to the usual thing washed every glass on the bar cleaned up underneath every bottle clip wiped down every bottle um this particular bar had a mirror behind the bar so i wiped that down it probably well i actually i don't know uh the other bartender that was at that place was actually really good about cleaning me not so much truthfully but uh you know i wiped down every surface i wiped down the mirror wiped down the tvs now those hadn't been wiped down in a long time you should have seen how nasty those rags looked after i wiped off the tvs of course this was back in uh the early 2000s when you could still smoke in a bar but uh, yeah you wipe that off and yuck and so i'm sitting there and then i call um my friend over at the bar next door and i said hey do you have any customers she's like well i got a few and i said i'm completely dead over here and she sent over a mutual friend of ours to just bs with me for a little while and uh, it was just so boring i mean as a bartender you're not making any tips tips are what get us through everything are the minimum wage no no that doesn't pay us shit and uh, i mean it might pay the rent maybe if you're lucky but not anything else like food gas or you know things like that and only if you're single i mean uh, i'm i was a single dude bartending yeah i could get by on uh just minimum wage but some of the girls I worked with were single mothers or, you know, worked this job on the side just uh, to supplement the income for their family. And so minimum wage, uh, when you're trying to take care of yourself and somebody else, it's really, really hard. That's my stance on the whole minimum wage thing. I mean, nobody in this world, I believe, gets paid what they're worth. Some uh, majority of the people don't get paid enough. Some people get paid way too much. And, you know, that should be the driving force of what makes you want to be better than what you are today. I mean, when I was standing there, I was realizing that bartending wasn't going to, you know... being in my 20s, uh, bartending, I didn't have that much of a lifespan left. And, you know, now that I'm in my 40s, looking back on this, uh, on bartending, I don't know if I could still pull it off. I, I've i lightened up quite a bit since uh, those bartending days. Maybe I would have had more friends or uh, better friends. But uh, good, uh, my good friend Shannon and I, we sat and talked about it one time. The reason why she talked me into uh, getting a job with medical benefits uh, was that male bartenders don't have an extremely long lifespan. Female bartenders can go for a long time, but uh, you know, male bartenders, we, uh, I don't know what we came up with really. She told me uh, a few reasons why men, can't be bartenders for 
uh, as long as women can. And not all of them were sexist. Uh, but, you know, you know, uh, you, those are the things that you think about on those really, really boring, boring nights is like, is this worth it? Or, you know, you get, uh, you realize that you've just watched your sixth South Park episode in a row and you've made a total of $18 in your till. And, you know, so you start to wonder, oh my God, what am I doing? And, but, you know, the customers are the ones that keep you alive. And you got to think about it. Now, I didn't fret too much on that night, uh, that night of the election, because uh, I knew the servers from the other bars were most likely going to come in uh, late at, very late at night, and they did. And they saved me. But George Burns, uh, I don't know if any of my listeners out there know who that is, but he was a famous actor way back when. He put it pretty bluntly. He said, if you look at the ratings on your television show and they drop dramatically one night, it's not a big deal. It just means that there was something better on that night. But if you stand and look at your ratings and notice that your numbers are slipping slowly, just a little bit at a time, that means people are losing interest and your show is about to be in trouble. Same thing can be said about bartending. I mean, sure, it was election night. I, and, you know, I, a lot of people were uh, thinking about where's our country going to? They were really worried about, you know, is this guy going to be the guy that takes us out of whatever problems that we may be having or going to give us more? And so since you can't talk about uh, politics in a bar, you got to go home and, you know, and then worry about that. And then you're by yourself and you're flipping through the channels and a lot of the channels are just uh, giving election results. And so you're not interested in that. Go to ESPN and sports centers on its like 18th rerun for the night. And, you know, you know, my saving grace was always, uh, MTV and VH1 back when they used to play music videos. I don't, I don't even know if VH1 is around anymore. I haven't had cable in a long time, but MTV only plays those damn reality shows. Now they, they call it, still call themselves music television, but they don't play music anymore. Come on, screw them. I'm, I'm still mad uh, about that uh, live eight concert in 2008, where they cut off pink Floyd mid guitar solo during comfortably numb to show footage of Destiny's Child. Oh, dear God. Pink Floyd hadn't played together as the original band in like 30 years, and they said, we need to go to Destiny's Child because they hadn't uh, played together in like six months, you know, because Beyonce had just made a big name for herself uh, as a solo act. And, you know, so... You know, I always sit there and watch MTV, VH1, try to fig- stay up on what's new, what's fresh. And because all of my customers knew that if you want to talk to him about anything, 
talk about music because he doesn't know or refuses to talk about anything else. And that's just the way I was. That was my character. Think, because face it, when you're a bartender, you're a character. You are the lead character or at least a really important back character uh, to everybody else's story. And unfortunately, there will be nights where uh, you're just not featured. You know, it's just like having a Star Trek The Next Generation episode where Commander Riker just wasn't needed that episode. He didn't just didn't show up. And, you know, or, I don't know, uh, uh, something a little bit, uh, some kind of pop culture reference, a little bit more modern. Uh, Game of Thrones, maybe? No, they just, they just kill those people off. It doesn't really matter. But what do you like to do when your bar is dead? I mean, there's only so much cleaning you can do. There's, uh, you know, you don't want to spend all your tips in the jukebox. You're not allowed, quote unquote, to gamble on the video poker machines or Kino or whatever. Uh, so you don't want to do that. You don't want to get rid of what tips you did make. So, you know, you're stuck cleaning. You know, the whole line. You got time time to lean, you got time to clean. And, you know, count your till maybe. But you, of course, know as soon as I count my till, people are going to come in. So, better start counting my till so people will come in. Okay, that doesn't always work. But, uh, you know... You know, you start to wander around and you go to, go over, maybe talk to your kitchen staff a little bit and then head back to the bar, watch a little bit more TV, wipe something else down that you've already cleaned 20 times. And, you know, it's really tough those nights and because ultimately you're bored. Sure, you're getting an hourly wage, but you don't live off your hourly wage. You live off your tips. Now, if there are any people out there right now who are do not work in the service industry, you have to realize that your server and your bartender work for tips. And tips are very important. Because you get, you know, bartender servers side with me on this. You all get that one person in there going, what's the point of tipping? And, you know, what's... Uh, what's the deal? Why do I have to pay extra on top of what I just paid? And the, the Webster's Dictionary refers to tipping as ensuring prompt and efficient service. And, you know, you're basically bribing us to be nice to you. Uh, let, yeah, let's let's just come out and say it. And so when you're not there, the customer is not there it becomes scary because we start to wonder, well, how am I going to pay this this week? How am I going to be able to afford that this week? And, you know, we depend on you guys to help, uh, help us get through our lives. So bottom line, anyway, I'm going to take a second here to remind you, if you want to catch any Hey Bartender podcast merchandise or even have a t-shirt that shows your bartender pride, yes, I am a bartender, 
go over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and pick up your t-shirt today. We also have a couple other things. We have a poker chip that can help you try to decide who's going to pay the bill that night. We've got, you can get your own bar equipment, uh, a shaker set, and we also have a breathalyzer on there. You can get really cheap. So head on head on over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and get your stuff today. Tonight's musical guest, you can find them on bandcamp.com. You can find them on iTunes. They You can get any information you want from Bandcamp or iTunes or check out their social media or find their website. But tonight... I will be featuring from their album, You Do You slash Life to Me, The Pendletons with You Do You featuring Howard Johnson.
That was the Pendletons featuring Howard Johnson with You Do You from their album You Do You slash Life to Me. You can find more of the Pendletons on SoundCloud. You can find them on Bandcamp.com. On Bandcamp.com, you can find all the information you need to track down more of their stuff, all their songs, their social media on Facebook, their website, where they're touring next. Just go check them out. You know what? I... I kind of had that vibe from that song where it could have been part of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, soundtrack. Did you? Uh, I really hope nobody got, or the Pendletons don't get upset that I said that. But uh, yeah, it kind of gave me that uh, Star-Lord dancing around while listening to his headphones sing. By the way, have you guys seen uh, Avengers Endgame? Oh, so cool. Yeah, go see that. Uh, I'm not getting paid to... uh, promote any of that stuff but i just have to say that yeah avengers endgame kick-ass movie but you uh you know when you're lonely but when you're a lonely bartender and you know it's 11 o'clock 12 o'clock and nobody is in your bar and you just realize you just finished watching happy gilmore And not that that's a bad movie. I mean, yeah, it's funny, entertaining, but you just realize you just finished watching an entire movie and you did nothing for the last two hours. Your feeling of accomplishment really goes out the window. And you know what? There's nothing I can really do to tell you guys. I can't, you know, maybe you can call up all your friends and say, Hey, can you come and visit me? Uh, or, you know, can you do something? Can we do something? Because I'm really bored. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. And when I was working at that last bar that I worked at, uh, I always stayed open till close. And nothing ever stopped me from doing it because I felt the need to stay open for the other servers in town. Uh, the corporate uh, bars and the privately owned bars that closed earlier than I did. I felt the need. I felt the camaraderie to stay open just for those guys because, you know, they get off work late and they want to go blow off some steam too. And not all of them feel like, uh, let's just go grab a 12 pack of Corona and head back to my place and play some Madden. Oh, let's go shoot some pool. Let's go visit uh, the dude over at uh, the bar over there and, you know, just relax. Because blowing off steam at the end of the night is really important. Of course, when you're by yourself the entire night, uh, it's there's no steam to blow off. I mean, sometimes you struggle to stay awake. That's why you stay out of the office and don't sit in the manager's chair. Because there might be a time where you accidentally doze off. You don't want to do that. Especially when you got a lottery till full of cash. But, you know, it's important. You know, tip your bartender because uh, and tip your servers because that's how they make a, their living. I can't tell you, make sure you go to... I can't tell the customers out there. Make sure you go to your favorite bar or restaurant every night um, and give them money because that's just not realistic. But, you know, 
the lonely nights, you realized you didn't make a whole lot of cash that night, and eventually you come up to last call. Who are you going to yell it to? And because there's nobody to say last call to. And even if you do have one, two stragglers that come in and order one drink and spend the rest of their paycheck on video poker, you, you know, extend them the courtesy, but you don't feel like you have to yell it. You just walk over to them and say, hey, I'm doing last call. You want anything? And uh, they'll say, yes, no, maybe so. I don't know. And uh, then eventually they leave and you realize that uh, right when you lock the door uh, and turn off the open sign, you don't have much to do because you've already cleaned everything. Everything's already put away. And so what do you do? Just go home. It's kind of like the uh, series finale of Cheers. Uh, It's... You just kind of look around the bar, think about what you did that day, and just walk towards the back and just quietly fade to black. And uh, not like the Sopranos way, you're not going to listen to Journey unless your jukebox actually has Journey in it, and it started playing out of nowhere, and that scared the crap out of you because it had been quiet for the last 30 minutes. But, sorry, my mind wandered for a second. But... You, you just basically walk towards the back, turn off all the lights, make sure the doors are shut, get in your car, and go home. And hope that the next day is better. It, that's all you can do. You can't really do anything else. Anyway, speaking of last call, it is now last call. So I'd like to remind all of you out there that are generous enough to listen to my podcast, uh... If you want to share a story or share a special drink with me, go ahead and email me at heybartender.podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to hear about some new drinks, any drinks that you invented. Um, uh, Unless you're one of those people that absolutely know that you just, you, uh, you invented a drink called the Halo Xbox 360 2000. And all it is is vodka and orange juice. Give me a break. If you want to uh, follow me on social media, head to facebook.com and uh, look for Hey Bartender Podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, same thing. If you want to follow me on Instagram, Hey Bartender PO1. And you know what? Stop by the Hey Bartender Podcast t- uh, store. That's hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com. And just check out some of the groovy stuff that we got there. And, you know, you know, it's just on Facebook, I post a lot of, a lot of memes, empowering bartenders, joking with bartenders. You know, if you got something to post on there, by all means, I'd love to hear from you guys. Anyway. As I like to close out every show, I'd love to quote my hero, Billy Joel, who just celebrated his birthday recently. Lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night, everybody.